0: That's what I like to call. What's up, y'all? I'm Beyonce. What's up? This is Adam from Maroon 5. This is Kings of Leon. Live on the Anderton Tiger Network. Right now,
1: listen to me now.
0: It's a real pleasure to catch up with our star guest today, our closing mm-hmm. keynote speaker, mm-hmm. Hall Davidson. you was the very first gentleman with the first name Hall I've ever met, I have to say. He's a former uh, K-12 to uh, bilingual maths teacher, and if uh, you're not familiar with the American uh, system there, that's from kindergarten right the way through to uh, grade 12, which is our kind of the end of our secondary school. Uh, maths teacher, a member of the uh, Emmy Award, and I do like an Emmy Award winning team, I have to say. We do <laughs> like them on our show. Creating maths and technology integration programs uh hall thanks very much for joining us you are yet to go on so i can't tell you how fabulous you are but let me just pretend and you were fabulous they have loved you <laughs> they loved you what are you going to be talking about and welcome to the show
1: well i don't want to leave it all in the uh, in your booth here i want to save something there but and let me just say one thing russell first first it's good to be here second of all hall is actually a british name it's in the american south when you're about to lose a family name because it's all girls you move it into the front. So Harrison Ford, Hall Davidson. So I had a grandmother Hall, and the Halls were had no males, so they put them in the name. So my father's name was Hall, my daughter's name is Hall, my sister's name is Hall, so somewhere tucked in there. So that's how you keep a name alive. And, you know, in Spanish, as you probably know, I taught Spanish for a while, they do like Garcia y Vega Rodriguez Manuel. You just keep adding them on to the end, but in the, you know, in the States we don't do that. We just drop them right off. So there
0: go all the names. I'm loving the lesson. You're you still go. my first uh, haul, and I'm <laughs> loving the experience. Yeah. You are fun and bouncy and uh, in demand at the moment. Right. What is it do you think the audience here like to hear?
1: Well, I think uh, we're in a great and very exciting time in education. In classroom practice, uh, is going through a great transformation. I think people want to know why they're doing that. Uh, one of the things I got out of the classroom is able to make those concepts hopefully engaging, Uh, one of the things you learn when you work with a lot of adults and with a lot of students is to make it engaging. So I think it is that. And what we do is sort of cover um, what digital even means. What what does it really mean? mean, People have an idea. Um, Yes, we're probably going to give up our print books and move to digital. But that's just a substitution of of materials. What does it really mean when you reach kids? And what we're finding is that the more... um, A classroom goes digital, meaning the more devices you have and the more options a single device has. A a digital book, for example, let's say it comes on a tablet, Hmm. it's not just the book. It's also a microscope. It's a camera. It's a recording device. And those things are important. Books didn't do that. So as you move that into classroom practice, as the books begin to go away and digital resources come in, Classroom practice can really transform, and as people do that, they say, "Well, gee, we've got these devices. Why don't why don't you record what your thinking is?" Or, you know, English isn't your first language. Why don't you why don't you read this passage in your native language or take it home to your parents? We'll then value you more, and we'll value your language more. Mm-hmm. Why don't we do things that like, well? That's a that's a real transformation of practice, uh, and people like to see it being done. You know, we started almost 10 years ago in, in a big way in districts in Canada and the U.S., and there were, they were uh, lighthouses in, uh, in the U.K. too. And as that's, that's happened, now people really can see it does make a difference. Uh, kids are more engaged. A couple of statistics I think were interesting. In a primary school in Baltimore... Uh, they, they made a digital transition. It was a, a school that, uh, this was a kindergarten through fourth grade, through grade four, sure. uh, 63% immigrant population. Uh, they were migrants, migrants that came through. In the first year after they did their implementation, office referrals went down 89%. I, I just, just was in a session about this at, uh, at ISTE, at the International Conference in Philadelphia. And, uh, I, you know, I just couldn't believe that statistic, so I ran down the superintendent. I ran down somebody from Intel who was there when they gathered that data. Absolutely true. And it confirms a lot of what we've seen across the country anyway. High school graduation rates are up. school School leavings are up. Um, it's, a, it's a very exciting time. So people just like to see that. They like to hear it. Also, this stuff really is fun. So the reason, one of the reasons it works with kids is it's fun.
0: It's not fun for everyone, and that's kind of the, one of the perhaps the barriers that I want to sort of tease a little more discussion around. Not all educators are as comfortable and confident as we are with technology. And, and whilst I think we're making some progress, for some children, we're not making that progress fast enough.
1: Well, and that's absolutely right, and that's why I'll be in three cities in a week. Um, people need to understand that is okay. Um, if you're a very good teacher and you've been teaching very well for 10 years, you like the dish sound? I kind of like that. Uh, yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> Move it on there. Move that trolley. It's called diversity. But, you know, here's, Russell, That's really what it's like in a classroom now. You know, before we were dedicated space, and it was just you and me and one-on-one, uh, but... Near us, dishes are being cleared. Near us, computers are being turned on. Near yeah. us, I see somebody over there doing something else with marbles. I don't know. What, but that's how, that's how this stuff happens. So uh, teachers, very good teachers many times, are not comfortable with that transition. Yeah. Uh, and there's a couple of things that are real, really important for people to understand. One, you don't have to know anything anymore. Uh, excuse me, you have to know something. You don't yeah. have to know everything yeah. anymore. You used to have to know everything. You felt, uh, I was a classroom teacher for more than a decade, you really feel like you're supposed to know everything. Yeah. And that's really hard to let go of. It's really a transition when you can say, you know what, I don't know, let's look it up. Or can you find the answer? Because now kids can. I mean, it's an interesting point. The access that uh, uh, grade four students have to information in the world is, unparalleled, ever, ever, ever. So a teacher can say, let's find out. And information changes so quickly, it's a really good skill to have. But it's hard for people to do that. It's also hard for people to take in, let's just, we were just talking about the notebook, bringing a notebook into classroom, in a classroom, and you fail. The net doesn't work, the app has some glitch, and there you are, and the kids are walking around, and you don't know what to do, and the principal comes in. Uh, we one of the big things you hear over and over again is that it's okay to fail. That fail is first attempt in learning. You know, as, as uh, some of the STEM people like to say, Cindy Moss I think coined that, but it's great. Uh, you have to allow that, and in order for that to happen you have to talk to the principals and the headmasters, right, and say, it is okay. Sure. You know, you never want to have happen what uh, uh, someone related the story to me where a teacher, is, it's a great diverse lesson. Kids are everywhere do, finding their way to the, to the learning objective in their own way. And the teacher's going over here, maybe putting in a fire here, doing so much construction. The principal comes in because it's an evaluation time and looks around and watches for a while and goes, I'll come back when you're really teaching. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's exactly what everybody's afraid of, is that somebody's going to come in and do that. So you have to not only get the teachers excited, but you have to make sure the administrators are involved, that the superintendents are involved, that the school boards are involved, the communities involved. And learning that is sort of another lesson because schools are used to working more in isolation. Yes, we've adopted a a new curriculum and yes there's a new book but and we'll tell you all about it but we didn't expect you to come along we didn't ask your opinion and this it's really good to ask everybody's opinion you're about to change everything can, can I help my kid with my homework I mean maybe not you know now, now your science book is digital it's in the cloud you know how do you find it I mean sure. you want to help your student so everybody has to be involved so you're looking at a when you look at changing a school or a, a large group of schools, you really have to realistically think that's a two or maybe three-year journey. Yeah. What? What? Yes, two, three-year uh, or three-year journey, and it means getting everybody involved. And that's the school administrators, it's the transportation people, it's the cafeteria folks. Everybody has to get involved, and when that happens, it's good. So knowing that you're right there is there is difficulty you expect difficulty Uh, any district that has not done that has really had trouble Uh, districts that have thought schools thought there's a magic device we've talked to that vendor they said this will look at all the things this will do and so we bought them and it was a disaster and there have been disasters so you do learn from other folks and a lot of what uh, i get to do is connect people who have been there already made that journey there are people who have not say this is what we would have done we d- would have done differently we should would have bought this we probably should have bought that you know find partners all, sure. the, all the time find a partner not just drop off the old days drop off the books and we'll just drive on by see in six years yeah. so you really want a partner um, the difficulties uh, are expected the difficulties are normal and a good teacher Um, probably is going to have some bumps along the way. Great.
0: Let's talk about uh, assessment, because most practitioners here are still frustrated with uh, an antiquated, Process of assessment. We we fill the kids' heads with stuff, and then we test their memory. No one ever likes it when a question that they'd never come across is asked in an examination. But that's actually what needs to happen, for goodness' sake. And also a kind of a, a teacher monitoring. You touched beautifully in, in that uh, that dialogue there about um, coming and observing. That the the, the, <laughs> the observing establishment are dragging us back a hundred years. Hall, it is just painfully slow and I wonder whether that is just some mechanism that the government are using to control the population this I think there's just so much stacked against a young person being creative and successful
1: well uh, you're absolutely right about that Russell and it is interesting a a lot of uh, in the states the heavy assessment uh, vehicles came in uh, in some states because of business because they said we're giving you all this money giving you all this money for these schools and how do we know we're getting anything for it? You know what I mean? So they put in assessments and then teachers, being the good soldiers that they are, uh, then would, for better or for worse, teach you the test and then the test is driving the train. And So, so that was, that's, it's, it's still a, a very big problem. One of the beauties about going digital is that you're sort of uh, killing two birds with one stone and what happens is, is if you can lighten up and not teach you the test, which means everybody's got to get involved and understand that if you look past the test, to the curriculum that the test was always supposed to measure. That's what it was all about. Then in a digital classroom, you've got a lot of formative assessment tools. If you've got, if we're using your mobile phone, Russell, in the classroom, there's three really cool ways I can engage you right now. Kahoot is a great way to do quizzes with music, and it makes it exciting. And as long as I build in curriculum, it can work. So the formative assessment tools are really great. If I can rely on those, if I master those, then the big assessments tend to Tend to come out okay. Uh, again, we've been doing this for for around ten years in a in a systemic way, and those districts that have done this and done it right have shown huge improvements in uh, in standardized testing. But you can't just focus on and, and even in a traditional classroom, you, you shouldn't be focused on that anyway. Okay. You're supposed to focus on the thing it's supposed to measure. Yeah. Right. The, uh, the what's the old the old phrase? Um, uh, you. Uh, a milk cow doesn't get better if you measure it more often. You know, the quality of the milk doesn't improve. Right. Okay, I blew that one. But anyway, the idea is measuring doesn't improve the quality of milk in a dairy cow. Yeah. It doesn't improve the quality of learning or of understanding or of engagement in a student if you just test it 100 times uh, a year. So you want to acknowledge that those things are important. And, again, you want to get your community involved because many times in the first part of adoption process, you may have a dip. Not everywhere, but sometimes it's happened. It happened in, in big metropolitan areas more than in, in smaller communities, but uh, you can expect that. But again, the goal at the end is engage learners who know how to use tools they are going to need to know to really live in the world. Yeah. Um, people that uh, have less trouble in the office. uh Greater graduation rates in uh, District of North Carolina, the graduation rates for minorities went from sixty eight percent to ninety eight percent wow in, uh, in the course of a five year process like, that 's just magic numbers, but it does happen, and again, uh, if you look at engaged students that 's why.
0: I know. And I completely understand that. We just keep getting the goalposts moved. So during that five yeah, year yeah, yeah. we don't ever get a clear five year run at it. So, you know, in yeah. year three the goalposts are now somewhere else and then we uh, yeah. the five year then starts again and I don't think we ever get the stats that you kind of talk about. I wish well, we here's
1: here's what we need, here's what and good teachers, old school teachers always knew this. Uh, the goalpost is always that kid's eyes. Is that kid with you? Has that kid learned something? Is that kid growing in the one year you have them? Is it? And teachers, particularly before we killed them with assessment, uh, would know that yeah. and would say, "Come over and go." You know, Shirley, you're, you, you, when we read, you're 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 not having a good time. Sit on my lap. Uh, this would be the younger grades. Sit on my lap and let's uh, let's go over a book and see. I mean, it would just magic stuff happened every year in yeah. great teachers' classrooms. So. What they have to know is that while the goalposts are moving, we need to empower people to say, look, you know that it's in that kid's face and that here's some data. I do a lot of this data stuff, Russell. Here's the data that says if you focus on that kid's face again like you used to, the goalpost, you're going you're to kick it right through, kick it right through. And they just have to know that and relax, and the principal has to know and say, again, we're talking, uh, you know, a marathon, not a sprint. Uh, we're going to go on and then... and. Again, that's why people like to hear
0: that, and it turns out it's just true, <laughs> which is nice. Brilliant. This is going to be your first time at the conference. I can tell you they're going to love you. They'll not be throwing veg this year. They are really, <laughs> really going to love you. I have so much enjoyed uh, my first conversation with my first haul. It's absolutely fantastic. A breath of fresh air. I wish your tour the very best of luck. Get, I wish you spend more, spend some, some more time here. If you can, let's just get you some more gigs. Let's get you out there <laughs> and get more people listening to you because you've really made some sense to us Thank you so much for joining us. It's Thank you, pleasure. Russell. My Thanks pleasure. For having me. Oh, just before we go, can we follow you on Twitter? Where do we go? How do we get in contact with you? Yes, it's uh, it's just what an early adopter I am. Um, it's Hall Davidson, so you can
1: follow me at h a l l d a v i d s o n, and we can tweet from planes. You'll get more Twitter from me, but uh, I love Twitter. I love Twitter. I can't, I can't, I can't quite dip my whole body into Facebook yet, but uh, Twitter is fantastic. It's a good CPT re- tool. It's a very, very powerful. It's, it's like s- cable TV for me. I can't. Once you turn it on, it's like, oh, look over here. Oh, look at this thing. Oh, you said what? Oh, oh, I got it. Oh, here's man. a link for you. I was like, oh. Anyway, pretty those, good. yeah. Thank good. you, Russell. Oh, welcome, what's sir. yours? Where's oh,
0: yours? Oh, at Russell Prue, an early adopter. There as you we say. go. <laughs> no <laughs> zeros, no ones. Thank no, you. No hyphens, no Thank full stop. Thank you, sir. It's been good to chat with you. Thank you, Russell. You're listening to Russell Prue broadcasting on the Anderson Tiger Radio Network.